Sabbath version of the Daily Walk. It's amazing enough, but today we're talking about the church. Yes, I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we're in 1 Timothy 1 through 3, and Paul is writing to Timothy, who he has appointed as pastor of the church of Ephesus. And Timothy's young, if you recall, because he keeps talking about, Paul keeps talking about how young Timothy is. So to be at a church in Ephesus, no less, which is a very big challenge, will come with a lot of controversy maybe at times, but he's got to learn how to bring in leaders and the right leaders. So he gets with that right off the bat, talks about leadership. And it's three short chapters, so today won't be very long, so we can focus on our uh, worship today for our Sabbath because we really want to do that today. So the big thing he starts off with is focusing on the truth He's in this church, and he's surrounded by the people of Ephesus that have all the Greco-Roman things going on. They're pulled in many directions for the life of idolatry, and he says, focus on the truth. Don't get caught up in discussions of myths and spiritual pedigrees. Stay true to the truth in Jesus Christ, those things lead to meaningless speculation. And, you know, a lot of times I see that where people get caught up in horoscopes and what sign are you and all those little things that we think are meaningless, and they are. But what that really does is it gets us thinking about other things than the reality of our God. God placed those stars in the sky. God's the one that made all that happen. And he put them there in the positions they're in. So those stars tell us nothing. They don't make up signs. Jesus is the worker of signs and wonders. And so we want to keep our focus on the real giver and taker of truth, the provider of all things. And so Paul says, my purpose of this instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. He doesn't want people to miss the point because some have and have turned away and they've gotten caught up in the meaningless discussions. And so he's trying to help uh, Timothy 
stay true to his teaching and draw people back. Because when we get caught up in those meaningless things, that's when we we make allowance for the things of sinful desires. And he lists off a whole bunch of them. Sexual immorality and homosexuality and slaves and uh, slave traders and liars and promise breakers and all the things that we start doing because we are not of a genuine faith and we don't have a clear conscience or a pure heart. And so uh, he starts talking about how Jesus came and purified him and how Paul, he just starts telling the story how he was the worst sinner of them all. But Jesus came and, and saved him, you know, because he used to be the one that, persecuted sinners. He used to be the one that put them in prison. So what he's doing is telling us, look, man, it doesn't matter what your past is. Jesus wants to be in a relationship with you, and he wants you to reconcile to him. And so if we keep our stuff in the right standing with Christ, others will realize that they too can believe in him and have eternal life. And that's what they want because they see what we used to be and then they see what we are now and that's what they really want to be. And I've seen that happen in my own life, you know. And I always tell the story about the lady that used to work for me when I was in business and she saw me before Christ and then she saw me after Christ and then she was so changed by that that she, just in the example that she started coming to our church, then she got saved, and then she, her husband got saved, and they became vital parts of our church. She has since gone on to Jesus because she died of some health complications way before COVID, and her daughter and I believe the Lord took her early because he didn't want her to live through the COVID thing. So Paul says, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear because that's important. We want to be pure. We want to be real. We want to be what people see Jesus through in us. And here's the thing that we say in in my uh, outreach ministry that I help with that's uh, across the globe, organic outreach do people really believe that you believe what you say you believe? And really, that's what Paul's saying. Let people know that you really believe what you say you believe. Because if they know you believe what you say you believe, and you live like you believe what you say you believe, then more people will come to know Jesus. And that's really important for us to really live that. So... He goes on in a short little chapter two, and he urges people to pray for all people. Pray that we can live peacefully and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity, because this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And we got to pray in a place of worship. We want to pray with our hands lifted up. We want to be submissive to the Lord in our prayers. And we just want to pray 
for all people and intercede. That word intercede is there. That means pray for our brothers and sisters. Pray for those that need to know Christ. Pray for those that we have a, a heartache for. Pray for those that need prayer. And he's like, pray for them. And then he closes it out with people that want to be in church leadership. And I've used this in my own role. I've used this for pastors that I'm trying to help become pastors. I got an associate that's uh, learning to be a pastor right now, and he's doing a fabulous job. Shout out to Andy. And here's something if you're in ministry, you really need to mark if you're new in ministry. First Timothy 3 talks about leadership, and he says, if someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So, this church leader must be, and it, it, Paul's using man, we use men or women now, whose life is above reproach, so they must be exemplary, right? He must be faithful to his wife or spouse, he must be he must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. All that really is important when you're wanting to be a church leader. And depending on what uh, denomination you're a part of, there's different titles for that. But church leadership is what we're talking about. They must enjoy having guests in their home, so you got to practice hospitality. They must be able to teach. They must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. This is key. They must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. Because if we love money, how are we going to love people? If we put money before anybody else, then how is that going to help us? If you love money, then you're not going to likely be hospitable because you're not going to want to spend the money on people. I know people like that. They won't do anything for anyone else because it's going to come out of their pocketbook, and so they don't do that. So they must manage their own families well, having children who respect and obey them. So our families got to be, we have to manage our families well, and our children have to be respectable to us and to others. Because families that aren't in control, so to speak, that have a lot of issues that are always out of control where there's a lot of infighting and a lot of outfighting where there's issues always being dealt with, if we can't control things in our own house, how are we going to control things for another house is basically what he's saying. And Paul goes on and says a church leader must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. This is a huge statement. Uh, I've seen this in places where uh, people get saved and then they want to be in leadership right off the bat. And when they get in leadership, they literally do get puffed up. And then they start wanting to make decisions that aren't really theirs to be made and they start doing things that really weren't theirs to be done and then when they get corrected (laughs) 
there is a lot of controversy, so we have to get seasoned saints for this that have been in the church for a while. It's just safekeeping so that others can be apprenticized. We do apprenticeships in everything in the world. We want it so that they learn the right way. Why would we not want to teach leadership in the church so it's done the right way? When we bring people to Jesus, they aren't veterans right off the bat. Even to get sanctified, you don't, very rarely does somebody get saved and sanctified in one full blow. That happens. I'm not saying it doesn't, but that's not us. That's through the power of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. That's not of our own accord. And when God does it, it's way different than when we do it because when God does it, God doesn't fail. It's not of the flesh. And when we get people wanting to be in leadership right out of right after getting saved, that's a fleshly attitude. If we go back to Galatians 5 and look at it, that's a sinful desire. That's wanting glory and recognition for ourselves. <laughs> and we can't be that way. If we're fruit of the Spirit, we're patient. Remember, we're patient, we're loving, we're kind. We don't have to have our own way. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13. We wait and see. And so he goes on with the deacons, you know. And deacons are like church assistants, like pastoral assistants. Like if you were uh, in medicine, it'd be like nurse practitioners and uh, the doctor's assistants and stuff like that which is a higher responsibility yet. And he goes on with the same, a lot of the same attributes for that. You can't be a heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. Think about that. And, you know, we've seen a lot in the media lately where they blow up those guys that have been dishonest with the funds they've brought in for their televangelism. We must be committed to the mystery sorry, of the faith now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. So we've got to be students of the word is what he's saying. We've got to be always in the word trying to understand what it is the Lord has for us to bring to the people. And man, that is so important. If we're in ministry and we're not devoting time in prayer and the word, we are shortchanging the people. We are shortchanging God, and we are not fulfilling what he has, and especially in prayer and Bible reading, especially in prayer. I mean, they're neck and neck, but we have to spend time in the Lord's presence in prayer. That is so crucial, and I know so many people who read their Bible a lot, but they never pray. And they'll admit that. And it's like, how can we do that? We have to spend more time praying. The Bible says for us to pray without ceasing. The Bible says pray for each other and intercede for each other. God calls us to pray. Jesus went off to pray all the time to the Father, even by himself to get time with the Father. If we're in ministry, we have to spend that time. You know, my wife and I spend time before she goes to work every day to pray. We have our own prayer times first thing every day. We have times before the church. 
services where we pray. And some people catch that and they'll come in and walk and pray with us. Some people don't. But we're in ministry, so we make that a, a priority. And so they go at the deacon and they talk about, you know, got to be faithful to your family, you're faithful to your wife, manage your children well, manage your household well. And you just got to be confident in the faith you have in Jesus Christ. So he's given Timothy all these things on what to look for in the leaders of his church. And he's letting them know that, man, this is what we got to have or it's going to be a rough go for us. And I can vouch for that. So today as we go to church, if we're in leadership, let's look at how we exemplify that. Are we leading with clear consciousness and a clear heart? Are we loving everybody like we're supposed to be loving everybody? And if we're in leadership, are we connected? Do we work together with everybody? And if we maybe aren't working together as we should, then let's come to Jesus and say, make me a better leader. And if we can't do that, then maybe it's time to relinquish that role, you know? But God's called us to be loving each other as he loved the Father. Let's be united, not divided, on this Sabbath day. And if we have any issues, can we just nail them to the cross and say, Lord, make me better. Let me be yours. Help me to be everything that First Timothy 3 talks about in being a better leader for you. Whether you're a church leader right now or you want to be one later, you lead somebody because you could lead somebody to Jesus. And on this Sabbath day, let's go into our worship service knowing that we want to be leaders for Christ. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my